Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. What is a rainy Tuesday? It is a McDonald's Community Day here at the Calgary Stampede, and that's where we are broadcasting live this afternoon, 974-8255. Let's start with that story that has continued to captivate the world, and after more than two weeks of drama, it is the happy ending that everybody was hoping for. Maybe not everybody expected all 12 boys and their soccer coach who went missing on June 23rd in Thailand, who were found trapped in this cave, and who have been there ever since, have all now been rescued. The final chapter of that rescue mission concluded today uh, with the remaining boys and their coach extracted from this cave today. And we're going to have more on the story, but uh, first, let's get the latest. This is Anna Warner with CBS News. Well, it has been an amazing job performed by these teams, these many rescuers who have come to the site. This third and final day of rescue, as it turned out, the divers, 19 divers, were going in to rescue the four boys and their coach who remained in the cave. Also with them, three Thai Navy SEALs and a doctor. Rescue crews worked furiously to keep the water out of the cave by any means necessary, including plugging sinkholes on the mountain that let water in. Water management is the key to this whole thing. Tanet Natisi helped lead the effort to remove water from the cave. He told us they faced a critical deadline to get everyone out before heavy rain in the forecast Thursday. What do you think people don't understand about the attempt to manage the water? I think people just uh, need to realize that, um, you know, um, it's really hard to keep out the water from the cave. We cannot get 100% or even like 50% of it. Water drained from the cave helped reduce the fast-moving current and allowed the boys to walk in some parts previously flooded. But the path out still required each boy to swim through dark, narrow passageways flooded with murky water. Two divers guided boys while they held onto a rope. One diver in the front held an oxygen tank and another was in the back. The first four boys emerged from the cave safely Sunday and four more followed on Monday. Most were flown in helicopters, then driven in ambulances to a Chiang Rai hospital. Natisi says getting all the boys out safely means everything to Thailand. What was it like for you to see those first kids come out? I got really emotional. Yeah, all my team are. You know, when we heard the news, all my team just cried. Like, we've been working so hard for the past five days, and it's just finally see it happens. Yeah, that's something. Now, all of those boys are expected to be staying in the hospital for seven days. Thai media is reporting that some parents actually have seen their kids. Uh, they had to stay two meters away and wear face masks. That was for the first group of four kids. For the second group of four kids, their parents also saw them, but only through a glass wall. John? How happy those parents must be. Anna, the entire world swiveled its head to look at 
at this. Give us some scope of the operation there. Well, you know, it's a worldwide operation at this point. That's what it became, right? You have a thousand people who've been working here. That doesn't even include the volunteers who showed up to help. And where did these people come from? From all over the world, essentially. The United States, the UK, China, Japan, Finland, Belgium, Australia, just some of the companies that pitched in. 90 divers, the top divers from around the world, and all of them with a single mission to save this one soccer team and their coach. The global effort really uh, joining forces there. Anna, can you tell us what went into the process of deciding which boys were coming out first? Was it the strongest or was it the weakest? Because we've been hearing conflicting reports. So what we heard initially was that they were bringing the strongest boys out first and um, the weakest last. Uh, I, I suppose that that would build up the strength of the weakest boys. But we do want to hear more about that decision-making process because although we did get those tidbits, we didn't really get a methodical understanding of how to organize and who comes out first, second, third, all of that. So we're hoping to hear more from officials um, either tonight, tomorrow, in the coming days on how all of this played out. So from CBS News. So uh, just incredible that they were able to pull this off. And you heard some of the details in that story uh, of just how treacherous it was to reach that cave to get those boys out of that cave. Almost three miles uh, of narrow, dark tunnels. Just amazing. I know we're going to be hearing a lot more uh, of some of these stories in the coming days. And there's some very emotional reunions uh, still to come uh, with these kids and their families. It's, it's pretty incredible. And by the way, if you think that this all sounds like a Hollywood movie, uh, you can pretty much guarantee that it is. There's already conversations uh, happening uh, along those lines. So I suspect we'll be seeing this uh, on a screen uh, near you at some time in the near future. But joining us for some thoughts on what it's like to be in this country kind of a situation to be trapped in a cave, uh, to not know if and when you're going to get out and what that can be like. Very pleased to welcome the program uh, here today, uh, Kathleen Graham is president of the Alberta Speleological Society. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, and, and went through uh, her own situation this past April, trapped in a, a partly flooded cave for several days. Kathleen, thanks for joining us here today. Hi, welcome. Good to be here. Um, so first of all, I'm, I'm, I imagine you've been watching this, probably like everybody else, watching this drama in Thailand unfold. Um, yeah, very intensely. I've got friends that are part of the, that are those divers that are, were part of the rescue. Yeah, and I mean, you know, let's let's not forget as well that, of course, uh, one of these these divers who was involved in setting the stage for the rescue lost his life. So, I mean, it just underscores how dangerous it was, the risks that these people were taking. And I mean, it's just it's incredible, isn't it, that it was all about getting those people out of there. And that's what everybody was was focused on. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. The international effort and the uh, huge amount of high uh, um, like volunteers and army military um, that were involved. Let's talk about your own situation. This was uh, in Mexico in, in April, correct? That is correct, yeah. And so what kind of a situation did you find yourself in then? Um, so um, so we, there isn't a monsoon season in Mexico, but there is certainly a rainy season. So we usually plan our expeditions to be in the dry season. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we went in and there was some unseasonal rain. So there's passage that we swam, and there was like a foot of air passage above us when we entered. And then um, while we were in there, what was a creek became a river. So we knew there must have been a, an event, some kind of rain thing happening on the surface. Um, 
and we we were planning to be camping in there for a few days so we had sleeping bags and food with us so that's what makes my story a much less intense than these guys um but when we went to leave uh we came we found that 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 section had been flooded right up to the roof with water the story the swimming section was up to the roof with water right so what goes through your mind at that point when you you know that that realization starts to set in that that you're trapped um at, at first it was just confusion like oh i must have gone the wrong way and we spent a lot of time trying to um, search around, like go high and find some other way around it. But then um, that that didn't work out, and you just kind of come back and you're like, oh, that yeah, <laughs> uh, this you know, this just got real. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so as as minutes turned into hours, hours then then turned into days. What what was the uh, experience like for you? Did it did it was there panic involved? Was there fear involved? What were you thinking through it all? Um, I've been keeping quite a long time, and I have heard stories like this happen um, when when the when the rain event happened on the surface. So there was a huge amount of water that came in, so we could see the water levels of all the the streams and the creeks rise. Um, and then over the next couple of days, we could watch that the water was going down. Um, so that was that was giving us hope. Um, but there, there was like there was some people in the group um, who got a bit more panicked, um, and so it's sort of up to us as a group to sort of um, keep them try to try to relax them and keep them in a more positive mind frame, and you know, like we're going to get out of here and. we're not going to die it's going to be fine well that's just it I think this whole situation in Thailand I think it just underscores just how resilient people are or can be in these these kinds of situations yeah yeah it's pretty amazing like um, you you don't grow unless you challenge yourself and sometimes these situations you um, are surprised by how much strength that you do have what about that that bonding experience then going through something like this with those other people and you can just imagine for these these young boys and then their coach being trapped down there for days how how bonded they are but did you kind of emerge from that with that shared experience and, and a bond forged with these other individuals oh definitely yeah um you're just you're just trying to waste time right so when we were down there reciting the cremation of sam mcgee and one guy was explaining the lesser-known works of Tolkien. Like, you're just, you just, you never talk so much to people. So, yeah, you you walk away knowing a lot about them. Um, and, yeah, so I'm sure these kids will be the best of friends for life. No kidding. So how, how did it finally come to be that, that uh, you were freed from, from this cave? Uh, so we we'd made that first attempt to get out and found that the water was had was up to the ceiling. Um, in in one passage, but just further back in the canyon, there's a spot where the, there's foam up up in up high. So that suggests that there was turbulent water through there recently that created that foam. But it was up high, and the water level, you know, that we were at was two meters below that. So there was water through there. It's decreased by two meters, um, and we need it to decrease more okay so we can't get through today we'll just come back tomorrow and hope for the best and uh so and we came back the next day and there was there was just enough there's about an inch of airspace so um you can take off your helmet um to give 
give you more clearance and then you just um, put your lips and right on the ceiling and just kind of kiss the ceiling um, and move really slowly not to create waves but um, we, we just swam out like that describe that moment when when you when you're out of the cave when you realize that the ordeal is over and, and you're free what, what is that like Oh, it's, um, there's definitely, like, when you're in a cave, there's definitely an element of sensory deprivation. So when you come out after days or weeks in the cave, um, just to see color and to see, like, the smell of dirt or the smell of, like, um, a fire or something, like, just everything's so intense, the colors and the sound, the birds chirping and stuff. So there's, and, like, the feeling of sun on your skin. So that that whole thing is um, very, um, it's very surreal and then and then just the i'm i'm free right like you can just when you're finally out you can relax and you're like yeah <laughs> everything's easy now and then after that that initial wave of joy and relief does, does it start to hit you you know all the the emotions you were kind of suppressing and in, in trying to stay focused on getting out of there is there kind of that period of just you know the realization setting in of what it was you went through um That almost happens, like, when you're still, like, so we're still in the cave, but once you knew that you were past those major obstacles, um, then it starts to hit you. Um, But you thought that you have to stay focused on getting out, so you kind of still suppress that. Um, And I don't, and and then afterwards, it was so busy. Like, I'm not sure if I, like, totally took a moment to really deal with that. Yeah. Well, going forward now, especially after what we've seen in Thailand, which has just been so incredibly unprecedented, I mean, are there some lessons, you know, to be learned from this in terms of, of these kinds of rescues, even these, these kind of dangerous rescues? And I guess the other side of it, too, is, is, you know, preventing these kinds of situations in the first place, making sure that people who are exploring know what they're getting into. Yeah, 100%. Like, um, there are certain caves that are more prone to flooding. So before you go into the cave, you should know if that is a cave that's prone to flooding. And if that's the case, then you're looking at the weather um, and making a decision whether you should enter or not. Um, if you're caving in Canada, then temperature is always an issue. So you should you should be traveling with um, your extra clothes and a toque and. Um, a lot you usually have those mylar blankets and a candle or something like if you got stuck for a while to keep yourself warm. Um, and then there's the base like tell someone where you're going, that kind of stuff um, when expect to when you should be out again. So I mean a lot of a lot of the same things that um, if you do any outdoor activity, those rules apply. Absolutely. Well, much more by the way, caving.ab.ca. Kathleen, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. All right, there you go. That's uh, Kathleen Graham, who is president of the Alberta uh, Speleological Society, the Spelunkers, uh, caving.ab.ca. So we're in thoughts on this uh, incredible drama in Thailand and in her own situation, which not quite as, as severe and serious as what we saw in Thailand, but obviously still quite terrifying. So I think she can relate at some level to what they've all been going through. Uh, like I say, I mean, it is really an unprecedented situation. I don't think anyone really thought that something like this would even be possible. Were they maybe able to get those boys out of there? They were even talking about possibly having to drill through on top of where they were. 
But the fact that these people were willing to go down there, put their own lives in jeopardy to rescue these people, it's just truly amazing. 403-974-8255 is our number 974-TALK. we got a lot to get to on the program today as we are broadcasting live from Stampede Park. It is a rainy at the moment uh, community day, but uh, still big crowds down here at the Calgary Stampede. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.